You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come on stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you are well. It is Wednesday, April 19th, and it is 8.03 a.m. It is time for the Collective Cafe. Um, I feel like sometimes the... Uh, the music ends so abruptly, and I was like, uh, uh, but uh, I wanted to say something, but I didn't, I didn't need to say anything. Um, it's Wellness Wednesday, and on Wellness Wednesday, um, we want to talk about wellness. We want to talk about mental health. We want to talk about, we don't have to, um, but I think, you know, I think one of the most important things to recognize and realize um, is that it's just a big part of our lives right now. You know, we we didn't we didn't always we didn't it, it it it's it's not that it wasn't it's not that it wasn't an issue. I mean, it always was an issue. It's just that we didn't necessarily um, acknowledge it. You know, like when we think about um, growing up, children were, um, I guess, considered to be. Um, hyperactive, or um, that's you know that was the that was the saying. The kid is hyperactive. Um, 
and kids were on Ritalin. I guess that was um, the drug of choice. And of course, it wasn't considered to be normal or, or normalized, this idea of um, medication. Now, one might argue that there's too much of it now. It's too easy right now. Um, we've become too reliant on it right now. But that, that's, another, that's another subject. That's another discussion point, right? It, it's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's two different discussions. Maybe it's one discussion. I don't know, right? Have we gone from too little to too much? Has it become, have we moved from it being a stigma um, to, um, to something that, that perhaps is um, too, um, too easy or too easily accessible. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, um, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily have that conversation today, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, going back to the, the hyperactive kid on Ritalin, um, today we might call that ADHD and, and it's, I wouldn't say it's normal, normalized, but it's normalizing. And the way that it becomes more normalized and more accepting and more accepted is through conversation, through being able to talk and be able to, in talking, understand, and in understanding, be able to accept. All of these things come together really beautifully um, through dialogue and conversation. That's why we do uh, Wellness Wednesdays. You know, that's why we, um, we can talk about other things, but it's why we kind of want to at least dedicate some conversation to it. So I called today um, the Upside Down, which of course comes from um, Stranger Things, the concept of the Upside Down, because often in life, you know, things... And today and these days, I don't know, things just feel a lot more um, upside down. Like what's, what's up is down, what's right is wrong, uh, what's left is right. And quite frankly, uh, you know, even politically, there are all these contradictions, you know. Um, right now, you know, as, as the thought is being uh, expressed you've got um, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, taking on Disney. You know, I don't know, threatening to build a, a state prison next door to one of the, to the Magic Kingdom. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, the commentary on it is the Republicans were, you know, the last of the two parties were the least likely to ever interfere with, with business, with private enterprise, with the, the, you know, with, with, you know, separating the government, the government getting involved in any way, shape or form with capitalism and free enterprise, etc. So it does feel like the world has slightly gone a little mad and, and, and mixed up. And, um, you know, I started thinking about this topic because I was thinking, I was thinking about you know, David Rendell, who was on my show, right? Very, very um, inspirational guy. Uh, one of my favorite episodes where he spoke about, and you've heard me say this many times before, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's just so important. Um, he said, you know, when I was at school, I was basically, 
hyperactive. I don't think he used that word, but let's use it today. He said, I, 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 I couldn't, I wouldn't sit still. And they all tried to kind of like get me to like keep still and, and not move around. And, and I spoke too much. I didn't stop talking and they all wanted to shut me up and, and I was out of control and they all wanted to control me. He said, today I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a public speaker. I'm on the stage and nobody controls me. I run the show and nobody shuts me up. I just talk um, and, and talk as much as I want. And uh, nobody, you know, control, you know, gets me to stop because I walk around the stage and I don't stop moving around the stage. And he said something that sat with me just so powerfully. He said to me, um, or he said in general, he said that um, instead of trying to turn the weakness into a strength, what if the weakness is the strength? And that to me is the upside down. That to me is what we're talking about today. When we actually realize that our priorities in life are perhaps backwards or upside down. The things that we valued are in fact not valuable. The things that we believed were important to us are in fact completely unimportant. And yes, on a very superficial level, we're talking about wealth and status and ego um, and fame and fortune and and validation, external validation from strangers and accolades. Um, and that's, you know, at one level. Um, but as we go a little deeper, we start thinking about things like self-worth and self-love and acceptance and uh, feeling that we contributed to this world, that we are not oxygen invaders that we have worth, that we have value, that we have meaning. Um, and, and it begins by turning everything upside down and realizing that the weaknesses, in fact, are the strengths. So let me give you an example. An example is um, admitting that you're sorry. Often and many times we were brought up um, by being able to you know, certainly a generation ago, maybe two generations ago, you know, men didn't cry. Cowboys don't cry. Um, you know, saying sorry. Um, you, you just didn't demonstrate vulnerability. You know, as I've come to learn, you know, even in that podcast that I talk about in Diary of a CEO, um, vulnerability is actually seductive. Insecurity is not seductive, right? Is so being vulnerable, which might have been considered once upon a time to be a sign of weakness or weakness, in fact is a strength. If you understand, and I'm not, you know, you know, trying to talk about manipulation now, but certainly seduction is, is you know, and power. This is from the author of the 48 Laws of Power. Um, and, and so we can certainly, like, you know, go deeper down that path. But this idea of, um, I mean, I've even uh, in, in the past 24 hours had several conversations um, with several people about, quite frankly, just listening to your wife. I mean, in this case, they were all males. I mean, but it could have been the opposite, right? It could have been, 
male, male, female, 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 male, male, female, right? I mean, but, you know, is it, a, is it, is it so weak to actually listen to your spouse and take their advice um, unconditionally? Well, in the past, maybe yes. But in the last 24 hours, I've been reflecting and maybe no. Because who knows you best? Or who actually really has your back the most? It's generally your parents, your spouse, your partner, not even your business partner as much. They have a, they have a vested interest. So when you get advice from a spouse, um, probably take it. And there's so many things that, that come into play that prevent you from taking it. Arrogance and hubris and ego and... But generally it's pride. Generally it's pride. It's being too proud. Ain't too proud to beg, right? It's being too proud to actually admit you were wrong or admit you were sorry or admit that you're not perfect or, you know, this idea of progress over perfection. But in the upside down... And if the, if the weakness is the strength, then being able to admit that you were wrong is actually the most like empowering thing in the world to actually demonstrate that little bit of weakness where the weakness is the strength. I mean, how many times in life it is just part of our human DNA that we, we're told to soldier on, don't give up, don't give in, stay the course, be determined. But at what cost? I mean, I think about it every day of my life. At what point do you call, you know, TOD, time of death, time of death of Alpha Collective, time of death of Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous, time of death of the Collective Cafe. At what point do I turn around and say, well, I don't have a thousand people in the room. I don't have a hundred people in the room. Let's, let's call it quits. Let's walk away. Why not? Tried something. It didn't work. Now we try something else. I think that's actually... Um, one of the tweets, maybe it's a pinned tweet, um, from Frank D. Gods, from one of the, uh, the, the D. Gods founders. And let me see if I can find it. It's like we tried some shit and now we're trying. I actually think it's his pinned tweet. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. It says, we tried some shit. We learned some shit. Now we're trying some new shit. That's his pinned tweet. I love it. Let me let me take a screenshot, um, and eventually I'll, I'll post it in in the um, in the chat. Isn't that a great way to live your life? We tried some shit, we learned some shit. Now we're trying some other shit. Just keep trying some stuff. Doesn't that sound like a better approach? Um, doesn't it sound like a better approach as opposed to? The stubbornness, the captain goes down with the ship. I'll never give up. I'll never surrender. 
What movie is that from? Never give up, never surrender. I mean, listen, there is no, there is no one size fits all. Who's to say that that's the right approach? There, I just put that into the, into the, uh, the back chat. We tried some shit. We learned some shit. Now we're trying some new shit. In fact, I actually think that that's one of the, the most powerful things to be able to do. We tried some shit. We learned some shit. Now we're trying some new shit. Now, okay. You can maybe look at that, maybe look at that and say, is that like a, uh, what do you call it? A, you know, a get out of jail free card, right? Is it, um, is it, is it kind of like a, a way to give permission or, or say, Hey, listen, this is, this is my escape clause for, you know, doing some stuff that doesn't work. Maybe, but it's still a better way to live. It's still a better way to actually realize that the weakness is the strength. Because the strength becomes the ability to keep going, to try new things, to experiment, to adapt, to evolve, uh, to keep on innovating especially in a new world, especially in an emerging world. Everything, you know, even, um, even um, yesterday I had just such an amazing conversation with Simon Bull, um, who's just an incredible artist. And, you know, he was just talking about doing stupid things. It's almost like, like if it, is like when you're trying something and it feels like it's a dumb thing, that's probably the time to do it. Like do it, you know, that you, you, we, need, we need the spidey sense in us that tells us the tingle that tells us, the tingle that tells us, um, I like that, the tingle that tells us when something feels different. That's when we should try it. How do you know something? How do you know? How do you trust your gut? How do you know when to do something? It's it's when you feel a little uncomfortable, when it feels different, when it makes you uncomfortable. Maybe that's the perceived weakness. I don't know. I'm venturing out of my comfort zone. There's no safety net. What if I fail? What if I embarrass myself? What if people laugh at me? It's the classic, classic thing you'll hear from kids. What if they laugh at me? Well, what if they laugh at you? I mean, laughing at you is probably the precursor to laughing with you. Especially if they start to see themselves in you. Especially if in them laughing at you, they realize they wish they could be part of them always wishes that they could be the ones in the limelight that they know that they would never have attempted what you just attempted and yes they're laughing at you but isn't that better than them not even knowing your name not even caring about you not even having an opinion about you that's the power of the upside down. That actually says, 
in many respects, let's reevaluate our priorities. Let's turn our values upside down. The things that we valued might not, in fact, be valuable. The things we valued may not be valuable. And of course, there's always a continuum, right? This is not me saying money is not important. Of course, money is important. Money is important to pay the bills. Money is important to be able to, you know, um, give to charity. I mean, there's many aspects of it. But how much is enough? I've had two amazing conversations this week that have really inspired me. David Dribben on, on, on Monday and Simon Bull, two real artists that are unbelievably successful. And when you actually understand the process and understand their journey and understand their art, you realize, you, you just get a window into the soul of the creator and the creative process and the tensions you know, and the motivations. And everyone will say, you know, money can't buy happiness and people say money is the byproduct and and it's true and it's not true, etc. But I think it all becomes, you know, and all comes back to this idea of rethinking, reframing, and almost this idea of like we taking back, we need to take back the very concept of weakness. We need to reclaim weakness. And as I said, not turn it into the strength, but recognize that the weakness is the strength. I always think back to this idea that I once heard that if you're not nervous when you you know go to deliver a, a presentation, a speech, a keynote, then there's something wrong. And I always struggled because I, I, I almost never was nervous. And... You know, I, 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 I struggled with that idea, which was I, I actually reconciled it or I convinced myself that the reason I wasn't nervous was because I just knew my subject matter so well. I was just so um, prepared and, and, you know, and the adrenaline and the energy fueled me and I was the excitement, the energy, the me in my happy place overpowered any reservations or, or weakness or insecurity um, or doubt. And I, when I think back now to it, I actually have some reflections on it. So, and I realize the reason I maybe wasn't nervous is that perhaps I wasn't taking I wasn't taking enough risk. I wasn't, I wasn't taking enough chances. I wasn't introducing enough new stuff, new material, things that I'd never done before, never tested before. Um, I was in my comfort zone. And who ultimately wants to be in their comfort zone? Well, if you're punching in and punching out, if it's rote, if it's stayed, if it's routine, if it's rinse and repeat, and there are enough keynote speakers that do that, that literally on autopilot, um, that's fine. But is that fine for you? Is that fine for me? Is that, is that excellence? Is that brilliance? Is that being the best in your field? Is that 
is that success or is that just, you know, settling? Is that just doing enough, the bare minimum, to get an above average grade to get your paycheck? I mean, obviously I'm presenting it in a way that's, you know, that it's almost rhetorical. Because the answer is no, it shouldn't be enough. You know, there's a saying that says, do one thing every day that scares you. Well, what scares you? What does that mean? Do something every day that scares you. Well, it means do something that, again, is going to push you out of your comfort zone. That is going to exploit or uncover or tap into a weakness. It's too easy if if it's just, you know, dialing in a strength. How's that going to scare you? I mean, I'm thinking now the analogy of being a bodybuilder, being strong, that's a strength, right? But every bodybuilder is going to have a weakness. And what is the weakness? The weakness is is the one extra rep or putting on or, or a PB, a personal best, or putting on another 10 pounds onto, you know, onto the bar, bench pressing, doing something that's going to scare you because you've never done it before. So that's almost a literal strength that can be turned upside down to become a weakness. The weakness is, you know, and, and maybe... <laughs> And and maybe for that uh, for that bodybuilder, it's uh, it's delivering a speech right afterwards to a bunch of school school kids on health and fitness, or maybe you know just to keep on the bodybuilder uh, conversation, it's the bodybuilder talking about what happened when they got injured, when they tore their muscle, because he has he has the flip of the flip, because they pushed too hard too soon because they were trying to impress everyone except for themselves maybe because they actually um, weren't ready to to attempt that record or go for their personal best and so they injured themselves and by injuring themselves they were out of action for weeks or months and that super fit or you know or um, you know perfect body, those muscles turned to flab. And as they lost their shape and lost their physique, with that came depression. And so you can see how it takes you down a very different path. Suddenly, that super strong, super, you know, physically perfect body has a weak mind a vulnerable, the vulnerability of now knowing that the very thing that defined you has been taken away from you. And that is a weakness. And how does the weakness become the strength? Well, the weakness becomes the strength in this particular hypothetical example of the bodybuilder is the fact that, you know, resilience is built Perseverance, determination, the ability to say, this is not going to happen to me again. I won't make that mistake again. I'll help other people avoid that mistake. I learned a valuable lesson. But now there's a new budding, burgeoning strength, which has been born out of the weakness. 
which is the ability to share those lessons, those learnings, that insight, mentor, coach other people, prevent them from making the same mistake again. Do you see how this whole thing just opens up a whole new path? That bodybuilder suddenly becomes a motivational speaker in this hypothetical example. Not just a physical coach, but maybe even a life coach through adversity. Can there be anything weaker than dealing with injury? But when the weakness is the strength, that's what in this particular case has added, has created more dimension, more depth, another layer, more context. So this is the message for today. The upside down, the weakness is the strength. Being able to say, I'm sorry, listening to your partner. Being able to say, you know what, it, 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 to me it's a very, very strong analogy of, um, of Forrest Gump when he went on that run and he ran and he ran and he ran and hundreds of people just started running with him and he like ran across the country and then one day he just stopped and everyone stopped with him and they all waited for the next move. Like, what was he going to do now? Why did he stop? Where were they going next? And he was like, yeah, I'm going home. It was a very powerful moment in Forrest Gump. Because it was time. It was just time to stop. It was time to change direction, change course, try to do something else. We tried shit, some shit, we learned some shit, now we're trying new shit or other shit. That's the mantra. And actually, it's not about weakness or strength anymore. It's just about life. It's just about keeping going, keeping growing, moving, celebrating the journey as opposed to the destination. This is a big part of yesterday's conversation with Simon Bull, where in the most weirdest roundabout way, the actual process, his creative process, the, the actual making of the art is actually the art itself, is part of the art. I loved it. And he spoke about making mistakes and he spoke about, you know, posting about them and getting a lot of hate from it and, and, and actually, but it's through that process that he was able to actually develop his unique contribution, his unique style. So on this Wellness Wednesday, I, I, want, you, I want you to think about, uh, by the way, the, the, uh, the code for the POAP, I still laugh when I see, um, when I, when I see the, the transcription because it always seems to get it slightly... The two words that the otter.ai struggles with is POAP and BEZ. Those are, you know, uh, I, I think it comes out as BURS, B-U-R-S or something. Um, the code is upside down, two words, upside down, all lowercase. Um, and that will be live from 8.50 uh, to 9.20 today, upside down. By the way, just on a completely different note, um, first of all, hello to Chris and Bez and Peggy and Product Avenger. 
um, for Consensus next week in Austin, um, poep.xyz has got this amazing thing now. I didn't even know it existed, um, but it's called a kiosk. And, and really all it is is just a QR code. So it's so much easier to use now. Basically, all I have to do is show someone a QR code from my phone um, and they mint the uh, my business card as a POAP um, directly from um, the QR code, which is just brilliant. So before I had to send a unique link and a mint link and text it to them and it was just awful. Um, now it's just like immediately here's the POAP. And so that's what I'm going to be using uh, next week. And it works like an absolute charm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I actually just this idea of minting your business card on the blockchain. And of course, as you know, how I'm uh, innovating with that is if you meet me again IRL and you have that POAP in your wallet, I'll buy you a drink or I'll buy you a beer or or something like that. So, you know, there's like this interesting, uh, it's a business card with a benefit, as I called it. Um, so, yeah. So I just wanted to give you that update as well. All right, it's 8.33. If anybody has any thoughts or, or, or additions, um, would love to, to, to hear them um, saying hello to, I'm just looking uh, at, at the uh, cafe chat, um, but would love to hear your thoughts on this whole idea of the upside down, of the weakness is the strength. You know, thinking about things like vulnerability uh, as opposed to insecurity, thinking about um, you know, listening and taking advice from people and realizing, you know, that maybe in the past you might not have listened to them. Why? Uh, because you didn't want to show your weakness. You didn't want to admit you were wrong. Um, I mean, the ultimate uh, example is admitting when you're wrong. Um, and that's why I keep referencing the Frank D. God's tweet, because in a way, what you know, like the brilliance of it, even though it may not be even though it may not have been like like that calculated in in it may have been just you know very natural like spewed out in a tweet um is that you're giving um you're actually giving yourself permission to make mistakes so you could say like if you wanted to be a little cynical little skeptical little snarky you could say this is basically my way of saying to you i'm going to do a lot of things and when i mess up it's okay because this is the mo this is the this is, you know, this is the culture. This is the attitude. These are the values associated with how we, how we roll. This is how we roll. This is how we roll things out. This is how we operate. But really what you're doing is you're actually giving yourself permission to fail. You're giving yourself permission to make mistakes. You are basically talking to yourself. Um, one of the things I heard the other day, which I really love, is every time somebody says anything, quite frankly, you know, uh, that's remotely critical or negative, um, you know, on Twitter, they really are just talking to themselves, like apply that lens. It's unbelievable. Every time somebody says something, you know, they're actually just directing it at, them, at themselves. I mean, it's a, it's a classic, you know, um, I don't know if it's Freudian, but it's very much focused on like psychology 101, Right, it's like this idea of you point a finger, it goes all around the world and comes back and is pointing at yourself. Um, so, giving ourselves permission to fail, giving ourselves permission to make mistakes, giving ourselves permission to be weak um, or to embrace that weakness. Remember everything in moderation. So, this is not this is not permission to 
you know, be lazy or, you know, to just keep on doing stuff that fails, right? I mean, that's not sustainable either. You know, I, I can I can attempt to do a hundred things and fail a hundred times if I'm really not trying to succeed. If I'm not putting in the effort, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing it half-heartedly or half-assed. So this is not, you know, permission to fail does not mean permission not to try to win. You should always try to win. But if you fail, you need to give yourself grace. And if you keep failing, well, guess what? You need to try new shit too. Because, you know, going back to that that tweet for a second, it doesn't say, we tried some shit, we learned some shit, now we're trying the same shit again. It says we're trying some new shit. Because otherwise, it's Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So the key is the new shit. The key is to mix things up. Adapt, evolve. Otherwise, you are in insanity mode. And ultimately... You know, walking away is is maybe the ultimate upside down. Whether you are detaching and walking away from a, uh, a, a performing child or a child having a temper tantrum, whether you're walking away from a fight, whether you're walking away from a bully, whether you're walking away from a passion project, as I said earlier, Collective Cafe, Alpha Collective, Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous. What if I walked away from all three of them? What would happen? Would I be a perennial failure? Will I have let everyone down? Will I have let myself down? Not if I go and try new shit. And that's scary as hell even to say the words of thinking after three years of being able to walk away from any of these things. But the walking away, the Forrest Gump analogy, so powerful. That's why it's such a good movie. Let's see if I can find a nice image of of Forrest Gump walking away. But that's what we're talking about here. Can anything be weaker than that or perceived weaker, right? Being able to just stop and everyone waits. What does this mean? And maybe it just means nothing. Maybe it just means it was time. There's the image. I don't know if that's him walking away. Uh, but I think it might have been when he just, I think that might have been, in fact, it, it seems like it is the moment when he just stopped and everyone's just like now waiting for the next move. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go home now. It's time. How do you know it's time? You know it's time when it's time. That's the beauty of it. Because it's never time and it's always time. If you think about it. Is it ever the right time? It's always the right time. 
especially if you're able to keep going. See, what we don't want is the ability just to give up, is to stop and then not do something else. What we don't want is to say, this is the end. It's, it's only the end when it's the end. One of the most powerful sound bites that I ever got was I asked the question, how do you know when it's over? And the answer was, it's only over when you say it's over. Which can be interpreted two ways. One is to keep going and never give up and never give in and keep, you know, soldiering on. But sometimes, you know, the parrot is dead. The parrot is stunned, to use Monty Python, right? Sometimes, I mean, it's there, it's staring at you in the face. It is over. And that's the worst part, right? When, when everyone knows it's over, when it's clearly over and you just keep going on. That, that's denial. That's delusion and denial. The good part is this idea of, or not the good part, the second part is this idea of not giving up in a good way. It's only over when you say it's over, so keep going. Don't worry about what everyone else says. Just keep trying. Mix it up. Don't give up. Don't give in. That's the different. That's the perseverance. That's the grit. That's the determination. That's the, when everyone else said, throw in the towel, you kept going and guess what? You won. You did it. You prevailed. When everyone gave up on themselves, when everyone gave up on you, you didn't give up on you. And you prevailed. The third interpretation it's only over when you say it's over, is your ability to be in control of your life and your decisions. And it's always the right time when you say it's the right time. And it could be today, and it could be tomorrow, and it could be never, and it could be in a year's time. And that is empowerment. That's when you, and you know it, you know when you've made the right decision in life because you can feel the weight that's been lifted off your shoulders. You can feel it. You typically, when you have to make a big decision in life, you, you know almost immediately the next day, you feel like a weight has been lifted. If you still feel the weight and it's even heavier than before and you're doubting and you're you know, and you're kind of, you know, torn in, 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 well, then clearly it might not have been the right time or the right decision. But typically we know when we've made the right decision. And sometimes actually the right decision is just making the decision. That's another twist to this conversation. Sometimes just making the decision is the decision. It doesn't matter whether you went left or right. It doesn't matter whether you stopped or started something else. You just, you weren't caught in inactivity. That indecisiveness is, is the real, you know, is the bad weakness because that will rot you. That is, you know, that is a virus that will, that will consume you. Indecision, 
second-guessing yourself. That's why I love that Yogi Berra statement, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. It's less about the road less traveled. It's less about did I make the right decision. It's just make the decision. Make it. Make it, take it. Now you're on a path. You took the path A, you took the path B. You took the highway, you took the scenic route. How many times you're standing, you're standing in line at the TSA or whatever, and there are two lines, and you're like, uh, which line, which line, which line, and you choose the left one, and you're like, and then someone gets like body searched or, you know, or is a first-time traveler, and you're like, oh, I took the wrong line. It always happens to me. How many, how many of you have, you know, have had that experience? You all have, right? We all have had that. We all now, we second we second guess ourselves. We start to think to ourselves, like, you know, <laughs> uh, Bez is showing Snoop Dogg, I want to thank me. Exactly. So I love that line. It can be, But yeah, so we second guess ourselves. We're like, I took the wrong line. This always happens to me. I'm such a loser. But guess what? You get through the line, maybe 30 seconds later maybe 45 seconds maybe two minutes maybe five minutes wow five minutes five minutes you still make your plane you still probably even have time to go to the lounge and have a cocktail or maybe you don't but that's okay but you still make it as opposed to standing can you imagine standing and one hour later still not deciding which line you wanted to take then you miss the plane So when you come to a fork in the road, take it. When you need to try new shit, try it. It's either going to work or it isn't. And if it works, do it again. Do more of it. Double down. And if it doesn't work, do something else. So the weakness is the strength. The weakness is the ability to feel uncomfortable, to be vulnerable, to make mistakes. But fuel yourself up. Let that power you. Let that absolutely power you and empower you, move you forward. Because it's it's what makes you alive. I mean, it's what makes you human. Because if you didn't, didn't have that 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 fear that second guessing that you know that insecurity that that feeling of discomfort or un- being uncomfortable being i mean that's why we talk about this idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable this is the point you actually build this into your dna like i know i think i recognize that should I move into back into a keynote speaking MO at some point in my life, in my career, I need to feel that level of discomfort again. I need, I need to find the weakness. I need to find the weakness and then I need to feel the weakness. And then I need to fuel the weakness. Find, feel, fuel. That's it. Find, feel, fuel. 
and then transform it into that energy. Use that energy to transform it, not transform it, recognize that it is in fact the energy, it is the strength. That's what will move you forward. It is the spidey sense. It is the survival instinct. You know, I studied that a little bit when I wrote Built to Suck, the survival instinct. The survival instinct is based on two things, self-preservation and adaptation. And self-preservation is built and fueled by two things, pain and fear. And it is, it is the reason why the buck is able to dart and at the last minute escape the clutches of the predator. Not always. And why generally you just don't even catch that fly or swat that fly. There is a survival instinct. I mean, there's no more pain than being squashed or eaten. <laughs> or fear of being squashed or eaten. And and that's the anti-up, right? The anti-up in the stakes of survival is self-preservation, is don't kill me, or I just want to live to fight another day, which is great. I want to stay in the game. You know, I want to survive Survive this. This too shall pass. Overcome the odds. Overcome the inertia. Overcome the uh, the challenges. Just stay in the game. My son is watching Rocky at the moment. He's like addicted to, he's just finished Rocky 3. Often you just want to be able to get to the bell. Just want to get to the bell. If you can just make it to the end of the round... You're still in it. There's still a chance. You've got your cut man. You've got your, you know, you've you, you've you've got your motivational speech from uh, Mickey. Come on, Rocky. You might be battered. You might be bruised. You're in the corner. Your eye is swollen. There's the blood is being blocked with the Vaseline and the cold compress. But you're still in it. You still got a chance to win. You haven't been counted out yet. You haven't been, you haven't thrown in the towel. What a great analogy boxing is. Just stay in the game. But there is fear and there is pain, and that fuels you. One of the things that people don't realize is fear and pain, which are the two, again, um, components of self-preservation of the survival instinct. They are powerful. They're powerful motivators. They're complete weaknesses, but the weakness is the strength in the upside down. So if you can actually build the fear and the pain inside you, not let it control you, not let it overcome you, but just know how to control it enough and be able to then move on, compartmentalize it, put it aside. That's the springboard, the catalyst that that catapults you, catapults you to the next stage, that to the next round. To being able to land that killer blow that um, you know that results in that 
comeback, the, you know, the upset, the challenger takes down the champion, David fells Goliath. It all comes from this idea. The weakness is the strength. Sometimes it's just that feeling. I don't want to be hit in the face. I don't want this again. I don't want to lose. Some people are so motivated. But generally, when we look at champions, when we look at, at, at victors, when we look at, the, at the, the most incredible people that have ever walked the face of the earth, they're all people that have had tremendous adversity and failure and, and, and weakness. They're all people that have been able to not necessarily turn the weakness into a strength, but recognize that the weakness was the strength, the ADHD, the dyslexia. That made them who they are. You didn't have to fix it. You didn't have to solve it. You didn't have to, you know, provide the solution. The solution was actually the problem. Think about that. The solution was the problem. The problem child. The problem child is the child that has if they can harness that weakness, if they can dive into it, delve into it, dial it up, not be chastised, not be ostracized, not be ridiculed, but actually use that to power them, that becomes the champion of tomorrow. And so... That's why, believe it or not, all of this comes down to the importance of listening to your wife and these conversations I've had in the last 24 hours and recognizing it's Wellness Wednesday and being able to, you know, look at those if you're, if you're new. The poet, by the way, is live at the moment. Um <laughs> Billy said, I came in at the right time, cold-pressed and Vaseline-covered. Yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, and, and Bez said, I wonder how many people must have told Snoop to give up. He must know everyone by name. Oh, yes, beautiful, wonderful. I mean, isn't this the most motivating time? I love it, cold-pressed and Vaseline-covered. That's exactly where we are right now in our lives you know the grit the the determination but go back and look at those two things that i that i look all of these these if you're listening on the podcast go look at that frank d god's quote we tried some shit we learned some shit now we're trying some new shit look at the image of forrest gump running 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 building up this momentum building up a following building up a cult and then one day is just yeah i'm i'm done it's time let's try something else and then we've got Snoop, the great Snoop dog. Damn right, let's go. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Everything is a choice. And that is the most empowering thing of all. You make choices. And in many respects, well, in some respects, it doesn't matter what the choice is. It matters that, that it's your choice and you made the choice. 
And if it's great and it works, well done. Do it again. Do more of it. Double down. And if it doesn't, try something else. And and when we realize that in our life, that everything, when we stop blaming others, when the world owes us a living, when it's somebody else's fault, we haven't learned the lesson of the upside down. That the most powerful, powerful weapon we have is free choice. It's our ability to make decisions, be accountable to those decisions, live with those decisions, and then make other decisions. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Remember, progress above perfection. Live to fight another day. Live to fight another round. And love to fight another round. Love to fight another day. Live it, love it. Love the process. Love the journey. Love the weakness. You know, embrace the weakness. The weakness is what makes us truly unique and what makes us, without question, truly alive. You are not alive unless you are weak unless you are vulnerable, unless you are uncomfortable, unless you are imperfect, your flaws, your imperfections, your your discomfort. It is essentially the very essence of your uniqueness and your originality. And it's what will, without question, push you onto greatness in life. So I want to thank you all for being a part of today. This, uh, Remember what I said earlier, every tweet, everything somebody says, they really are just talking about themselves. And certainly I, uh, you know, I talk about this therapeutically, <clears throat> that these sessions are amazing. They're amazing for me. They're amazing for my own mental health, without question, um, because they allow me to um, practice this idea of embracing my own weaknesses, my own vulnerability, and sharing them with people that I care about and respect and hopefully care about me too. And I encourage you all Uh, to join me whenever you want to join me or even take the stage from me if you have anything on your mind um, or want to use this platform, this safe place uh, to share uh, and to connect and just to be able to articulate um, your amazing, incredible weaknesses that make you you and the best you and the only you that you can be. So have an amazing day, everyone. Remember the code for the POAP is upside down, two words, all lowercase. And I will see you tomorrow for uh, Belonging to the Brand, Chapter 11. Uh, I think it's called The Hidden Communities. I can't wait to find out who those hidden communities are. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.